Realtor.com is making a stand for buyer representation, and you can too. Join Realtor.com in sharing the list of 111 things buyer's agents do. Visit Realtor.com slash buyer agent toolkit to help spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. Here's the facts as I see them, that there are three major long-term things to consider within our industry, within the brokerage industry. And number one is pressure on commissions. So, um, you know, that has, and I know you at Real Trends uh, follow that closely, and and that is uh, definitely something that is continuing to happen. And, uh, you know, as a result of that, company dollar is continuing to shrink. In fact, you know, we look at where it was five years ago at around 16% across the country. Some brokers who listen to this will say, well, I have much more than that. And I'm like, good for you. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, and many of you do, but uh, now it's, you know, in the 13 yeah. uh, percent range and we'll probably, you know, have a 12 in front of it within the next uh year, maybe even next year. And so what does that mean for brokers? Uh, Well, I do want to talk about that and how you can overcome that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, uh, I think today, and I've talked about this for a number of years, but it's really difficult to uh, succeed today uh, being a generalist. You you have to be a specialist. So do you specialize in luxury? Do you specialize in transaction fee brokerage? Uh, do you specialize in bringing uh, millennials in? Um, you know, what is your specialty? And from a business perspective, do you have ancillary services that uh, are able to sit right beside your brokerage and bring in additional revenue. I think that that is very important uh, in the future. And so, you know, if we look at the brokerage company that has a very low company dollar, uh, they're not affiliated with some sort of a partnership or brand that can help with technology, um, and they have no ancillary services. Those are the brokers that are at highest risk in, you know, the near term and, and long term. And uh, those are, you know, brokers that need to take a look at how they're doing things and, um, you know, reach out for help. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Velt, managing editor of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts share their success secrets, trends, and lessons learned navigating this ever-changing industry. For more insightful interviews with real estate executives, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Today's podcast is with Sherry Chris, president and CEO of Realogy Expansion Brands, Better Homes and Gardens, and ERA. We talked a lot about female leadership in real estate brokerage and how far we've come in the past 10 years. It was a really inspiring conversation. We also talked a little bit about how the brokerage of the future will look and how the brokerage industry in general is evolving and the importance of a one-stop shop and finding other revenue streams to combat the margin compression that you're all feeling right now. So enjoy the podcast. This is Tracy Velt, Editorial Director for Real Trends. Today, you'll be listening to an exclusive interview with Sherry Chris, President and CEO of Realogy Expansion Brands, which includes ERA 
and Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate. She launched the Better Homes brand as a startup in July 2008, and it was Realogy's fifth brand. She grew the company to 41 states, 400 offices, and more than 12,000 agents. So welcome, Sherry. Thank you very much, Tracy. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Yeah, so it's been a couple of years since you moved positions and um, started heading up the expansion brands. So tell me some of your goals for the growth of the brands and how that's evolved over the last couple of years. Well, absolutely. And so it's been two years. So it was October of uh, 2019. And what we decided to do was take these two brands they're, they're smaller brands within the Realogy portfolio, but they're brands with great growth opportunity. Um, some of our brands, and we have six brands, as you know, uh, within Realogy. You know, what are some of the growth opportunities you're looking at, like expanding into new states, or are there certain areas you're looking at? Or are you looking at expanding internationally? Um, talk to me a little bit about that. Great, great question. So um, BHGRE is primarily... U.S. based. We are in Canada in a smaller way, and uh, we we are in six countries overall. So we really have focused our growth with the BHGRE brand domestically here in the U.S. And part of the reason for for that is we launched in 2008 as a pure startup. So it wasn't taking over a network and expanding on it. It was starting from scratch. And so we really needed to focus on that base uh, we're in 41 states uh, right now. And so there are growth opportunities uh, moving into some of the smaller states, but also some of the large metros that we haven't conquered yet uh, with the BHGRE brand. Now, ERA is a brand that's actually larger internationally than it is domestically. So um, it's in 35 countries, uh, a strong presence in Europe and Southeast Asia. And, uh, you know, obviously many other countries as well. And so we continue to grow grow that brand uh, globally and internationally, but also it's around the same size as BHGRE domestically. So, you know, similar number of states, great growth opportunities. And what the, the strategy is for both brands is to find a you know successful growth oriented candidate uh, franchise candidate and help that person grow and we've done that very effectively with BHG and now um, also with ERA some great success stories there so we're using a similar formula for each brand as far as growth but um, as I say different teams and very different value propositions and that's probably the most exciting part. Okay, great. Um, And I know Realogy launched um, a diversity program for broker owners. Is and I know it was Coldwell Banker originally launched it. Are you um, active in that program right now? Absolutely. And so, actually, it was um, it was launched across all of Realogy. Coldwell Banker, um, you know, took it and ran with it uh, first, but it's been available, uh, you know, since day one to all of our brands, and uh, we're we're very involved in looking for uh, a diverse ownership, uh, including, including female owners, et cetera. And uh, it has, it's worked really well for us. And so in both brands, uh, there's a growing number of uh, diverse franchisees mm-hmm. and that, you know, to a large extent is going to be very important for the future of real estate. Um, as we all know that 
uh, within the next five years, over 50% of new home buyers will be Hispanic. And, you know, then with the booming real estate market in, in many of the large metro areas, a lot of that money is coming from offshore, et cetera. So the makeup of the buyer today is going to be different than the buyer two years from now, five years from now. And so the real estate agents and broker owners have to make sure that they're mirroring that in the communities that they service. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I'm going to I'm going to skip and come back to a couple of the questions I have cuz I think this is a good lead into obviously you're one of the leading females in brokerage um today and in the industry and and I wanted to get your perspective on do you think that um the industry is doing a better job of finding and promoting women and minorities in the business and you know what else needs to be done? It's a great question, Tracy. And uh, you know, for me personally, I was a uh, you know a pioneer in uh, leadership as far as my gender is concerned. And uh, today, you know, if I look at the makeup of our executive team at Realogy, we're over sixty percent female. So a lot has changed over the past several years there, and which is great. Are we doing a great job overall? I can't comment on what other brands are doing outside of my own two brands, but what I will tell you is that we are, um, you know, making a, a a very strong effort to promote um, females with um, within our franchise network. Uh, at ERA, we just launched what we call the Hera Society, and um, it is a um, female uh, networking and growth opportunity for broker owners within. ERA. And uh, that was so well received. Uh, With BH&G, we launched um, a strategic partnership with Woman Up, you know, that was launched a number of years ago through the California Association. And we're charter members, uh, very strong members. And so with both brands, we uh, promote um, as much as we can uh, the importance of of female brokers. One thing that we did uh, successfully with BH&G, and this was uh, belonging to the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Associates. We're still, uh, you know, founding members of that as well. We um, held for a number of years a Latina brunch um, at their conference and um, created a footprint for Latina broker owners because that was one area that we found was um you know, missing within the industry in general. Now, all brands today have, uh, you know, heads of diversity in in one way, shape or form. And that's, you know, definitely a step in the right direction. But uh, you have to, you've got to go much further than that. And it's something that I've personally been involved with over the years and recognize the importance of it. So, and mentoring young female brokers as well is, uh, it doesn't matter where they are or what brand they're with. Uh, just helping women succeed is something that's near and dear to my heart. Yeah, I think that's particularly important. And and that um, I know this is a completely different industry, but it just reminds me of the Katie Couric story of being kind of, you know, not wanting to promote women because she didn't want the competition. I feel like the real estate industry is completely different than that. Um, and that's opposite. a good thing. <laughs> the opposite. You know, it's so funny that you bring that up because I w- when I was reading all of the, you know, the um, uh, the stuff around her book and I thought, oh my God, that's kind of horrifying in a way. Um, and I guess that happens. But, 
you know, I've always been a big believer in this. And that is that the more you openly give, the more you get back and return. And it often happens in a way that you don't expect it to, but uh, not embracing um, female leaders and helping them succeed is absolutely not the the right path. No, absolutely. I agree with you. Um, and you have, you know, more than 30 years of experience and you've seen a lot of changes in the brokerage industry. And this is really, I'm talking the industry in general, not necessarily your brands, but um, what do you think about the future of the industry, especially pertaining to like commission compression, margin compression, and some of the other brokerage issues um, right now? Well, it's something that I've been talking about at our uh, at our brand conferences to broker owners. And so I'll share this with you. And it's really difficult to uh, succeed today uh, being a generalist. You you have to be a specialist. So do you specialize in luxury? Do you specialize in transaction fee brokerage? Uh, do you specialize in bringing uh, millennials in? Um, you know, what is your specialty? And from a business perspective, do you have ancillary services that uh, are able to sit right beside your brokerage and bring in additional revenue. I think that that is very important uh, in the future. And so, you know, if we look at the brokerage company that has a very low company dollar, uh, they're not affiliated with some sort of a partnership or brand that can help with technology, um, and they have no ancillary services, those are the brokers that are at highest risk in, you know, the near term and, and long term. And uh, those are, you know, brokers that need to take a look at how they're doing things and, um, you know, reach out for help. So today, and this is like a bonus answer, technology is so sophisticated today that it's impossible to uh, be able to maneuver yourself without help and know exactly what you need for your agents. Number one, um, does what you're buying connect to other things that you've bought? Uh, number two, and the most important piece of that, number three, is uh, adoption rate. So are your agents utilizing technology, which really keeps them with you? So that was a long answer uh, for some of the challenges that we're faced with today and definitely are going to be in the future. Yeah, it's funny. I've been hearing a lot more, you know, years ago. I mean, I've been doing this for 30 years. And years ago, I remember the whole concept of the one-stop shop. And you kind of went away. You didn't hear much about it. You definitely heard about core services, but you didn't hear it called the one-stop shop. I'm hearing a lot more of the one-stop shop talk lately and um, including yes. financial services in that, not just mortgage, but um, the knocks and the ribbons and the, you know, which are not new concepts. They're, they're packaged in a new way. So, so yeah. I, I agree with you. And uh, you know, there are many different, I outlined a few different sources of revenue, but mm -hmm. there are many different sources of revenue that a broker can take advantage of. Um, and, uh, you know, mortgage title insurance are three, uh, but also company generated leads that, uh, you know, you're, re you're referring to your agents and other services, um, training services, coaching services, other services that are revenue opportunities for your agents. And what agents need to realize is that the more they have surrounding them, the higher their productivity will be. And uh, so, you know, it, it all kind of ties in together. 
Right. Definitely. Um, and what do you think specifically brokers should focus on now to prepare for the future, whether that's a future of just changes in the brokerage industry or a future of, of changes in the market because of inflation and, you know, just maybe some, depending on what's passed, some regulatory, um, you know, there's some positive things and then there's there's some things not so positive that, that could hurt investment. Um, in real estate as well. So yeah, there's a lot, it's complicated. And of course, we don't know, um, you know, there are things that we have control over, and many things that we don't, we don't know when there's going to be a shift in the market when they, you know, COVID buyers are going to uh, diminish and, um, and not want to do anything anymore. And uh, inflation is a worry, there's no doubt. But here are here are some of the things that we're doing at Realogy. Uh, my parent company, and uh, I'm also suggesting that uh, brokers do as well. So the first thing is pay down any existing debt that you have. So, you know, most of us had our best year ever in 2020. um, And 2021 has definitely shaped up to be, in many cases, an even better year. So that means as a broker owner, you should have cash on hand, uh, pay down unnecessary debt and, uh, you know, get that off of your uh, shoulders. Uh, and then secondly is continue to cut expenses that are unnecessary. So, you know, the first one that comes to mind is what does your office space look like now? And our agents coming into the office at, we're downsizing our space from 320,000 square feet to 50,000. That's a significant cut. We figured out how to fit everyone in all 1000 of us when we come because we're not we're not going to be there every day in the future. So, what are unnecessary expenses? And every dime that you spend money on should have some sort of ROI attached to it. It should never just be a spend for the sake of of spending. And so, um, you know, recruit existing agents rather than new agents. So, um, 89% of new agents over the first 5 years are they fail. And so, use your time more effectively and bring fewer but better agents who are going to increase their productivity and bring you more profitability into your businesses. So this is kind of sounding like a strategic plan. And in fact, it is. Um, And then embrace diversity. So uh, I say to brokers, what does your community look like today? It's probably different than it was 10 years ago. Does your company mirror what your community looks like? And if it doesn't, as far as agents are concerned, make sure that you're bringing uh, the right mix in. So you have that company that uh, really embraces your community. And, um, you know, the next is that you have to have outstanding training. And so training can mean a lot of different things for, you know, a lot of agents, sales training, skills training, etc. But also even more important is training on the technology and tools that you have as brokers and getting that adoption rate up. And so, you know, when we look at um, technology adoption across the industry, it sits at about 15%, which is terrible. Yeah. So it needs to be at 50% or 80% so that every agent is using a CRM. Every agent is using, uh, you know, the tools that are available at your company. And here's the thing is that there's no better technology. I mean, I always smile to myself when I hear somebody say, we have the best technology. And I say, no, you don't. 
because the best technology is technology that's getting used. And it doesn't matter whether a CRM has one feature or two features, if it's used effectively by agents to get face-to-face appointments and bring in listings and make sales, that's the key to the whole thing. So uh, that's, you know, what I think a broker's plan should be. Do you agree? I do for some models. I think for some of the transaction fee models, the the being selective with the agents that you bring in is probably not something, that, you know, they're going to bring in as many as possible. Um, well, it but, depends on what their yes. fee structure is. Exactly. So <laughs> if it is a uh, transaction fee only structure, then they want to bring in the best agents who are going to True. sell yes. more, right? Yes. If it's monthly fee if it's a monthly for everyone, fee, right. <laughs> then you want to bring you want in volume. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, but no, I completely agree with you on all of that. Um, and and I've seen a shift toward that in in some of the brokers that I've talked to as well, where they're personally coaching um, their agents to build their business as a business. That's something that they can actually sell when they're done as well. So, um, yeah. kind of bringing up the professionalism, but also bringing up their, their ability to earn more and be more successful. So, yeah, I agree. And I say, when I'm speaking to our top agents uh, at various events, I say to them, you are a CEO, you're the CEO of your business. You know, you're an independently owned and operated company uh, and an independent contractor. And so are you running your business like a company? Right. Right. Yes. And so, you know, I always see smiles in the audience where people are, oh, yes, okay, that makes sense. So, uh, yes. Yeah, I think in a, in a um, busy market, people get kind of wrapped up in, in the sales because it's like, you know, this isn't a market like it used to be when we, when 2008, when things were rolling before the Great Recession, yes. but, um, yes. but yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's, I have been in this business like you over 30 years and yeah. I, uh, have worked with thousands and thousands of top producing agents. And what I see, you know, common themes, uh, would be that, that they, you know, they look at their business as a real company and mm-hmm. bring the right people in to help and align themselves with a broker owner. That's going to help them be as productive and help their team. If yeah. they have a team, uh, be more productive today than than ever before. And, you know, if I was going back into real estate sales and you never know what the future might hold, yeah. uh, I would do exactly that and, uh, you know, try and maximize uh, every moment of my time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you feel like there are any changes in the brokerage environment um, that have changed the way you operate now or something that would cause you to add new services to ERA or Better Homes and Gardens? Well, you know, one of the things, and I'll go back to Realogy um, as an example, is that, uh, you know, if we go back several years ago, we saw ourselves as a holding company at that time, and each of our brands uh, produced our own tools and technology. And Mm -hmm. back then, technology was very simple, uh, much simpler than it is today. And so today, what we do is, uh, you know, we operate as an operating company that um, operates six brands. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we build a lot for all of our brands and then each brand augments, um, you know, whatever fits into the value proposition of their own brand. So um, I like that mm-hmm. way of doing things because 
we're able to maximize, um, you know, both efficiency and, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars that we spend on technology every year to benefit all of our brokers uh, and agents who want to take advantage of it. So that's how things have changed for Mm -hmm. us. Um, And again, as I mentioned earlier, technology has become so sophisticated now. uh, And, you know, it needs, if you're licensing technology as a broker owner, uh, you know, it needs to be open source. What else are you going to be able to utilize with it? Um, And uh, what does your back end look like? All of those things that were simpler in years gone by have become, uh, you know, much more complex. And today our business consultants for Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate and ERA are very well-versed. Our teams are very well-versed on what brokers need today. And, uh, you know, we're not, you know, offering relationship servicing. Uh, It's business servicing to help our brokers uh, be as profitable as they can. Great. Um, So what do you see as the biggest opportunities for real estate brokers in the next year, just all brokers? um, You know, where where do you see the opportunities? Um, I see the biggest opportunity in uh, M&A, merger and acquisition Mm -hmm. uh, growth, because, uh, you know, the smaller broker owners uh, that have not grown uh, are, you know, in some instances, putting their hand up and saying, okay, you know, I'm out. Uh, And so what medium-sized brokers and large brokers need to have someone helping them look for uh, those growth opportunities with culturally aligned companies Mm -hmm. uh, in, you know, their own trading area or adjacent um, areas that they can grow into. So, you know, the large will get larger and uh, the small will get smaller. And today there are a lot of very small companies out there mm-hmm. that um, I believe are poised for, um, you know, acquisition and merger opportunities. That's where I see, you know, uh, and I keep talking about, you know, this the sophistication of technology. I see our industry becoming more sophisticated from the brokerage perspective where there will be more large companies and fewer small companies uh, in the next three to five years. And why not take advantage of, of that and build, you know, what I like to call a valuable asset? Because, uh, you know, as brokers, and this is what I like to talk to brokers about is, Um, you know, you want to build a valuable asset beyond your wildest dreams. So you're creating wealth for your families. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're creating a succession plan for, you know, your children or other family members. And that's really, you know, an important part of the brokerage business, rather than, uh, you know, the only part being operating a brokerage. And so more strategic thinking um, is, um, you know, definitely going to take place. Okay, great. Yes, I think Steve Murray would agree with you. I <laughs> the, the market I, is a very good like for him. Very nice. Yes. <laughs> for sure. So finally, um, my last question is just what does the future hold for um you, you know the the expansion brands? Oh, well, I love this question is the last one. So, you know, if I um, talk about the two brands that I'm involved with lovingly, which I do love them both. Uh, BH&G, of course, I started uh, with, and it has uh, grown from zero to uh, over 13,000 agents um, in 41 states, as I mentioned. And, you know, what it, uh, it is a lifestyle brand. And so because it is a, uh, you know, a licensee of uh, the Better Homes and Gardens magazine, 
um, and um, cookbook and um, online and all of the publications that Meredith Corporation has to offer, um, it falls into a certain niche and uh, it has, it will continue to grow with lifestyle enthusiasts uh, that are broker owners, agents, and and end consumers and beyond. So it's a well-loved name. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're really at the toddler stage. We are um, 14 years into a hundred year licensing agreement. So there's a lot of runway on the horizon for the Better Homes and Gardens real estate brand. You know, ERA um, is celebrating its 50th anniversary in 2022. So we have some great celebrations planned. And, uh, you know, when we look at the makeup of the brand, uh, many of the broker owners uh, have been in the brand for a long time. And so what that has created is uh, collaboration that's like a sorority or a fraternity that is very, very close knit. I've never seen anything like it. And, uh, you know, as an example, if one ERA broker was in trouble, three would get on a plane and fly and meet that person and help them. It's a wonderful, wonderful, tight knit community. And so when I talk about community, ERA brand is more locally focused Um, and, uh, you know, just loves one another Mm -hmm. incredibly and, um, you know, very proud of the brand that they've built over 50 years and that I'm so lucky to be able to continue that growth both internationally and domestically for them. So different value propositions, a lot of respect between the two brands, but I am proud to uh, be at the helm of the Realogy expansion brands and BH&G and ERA have very bright futures ahead. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining the Real Trending Podcast. We appreciate your time. It's my pleasure. And thanks for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. To stay up to date on the current trends in the industry, subscribe to our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more.